when I, uh, when Pastor Chris asked me to speak today and, uh, and I started thinking about it, he kind of, I said, is there something you want me to talk about specifically? Is there some area, do you want me to talk just about Christian schooling since that's why I live 90% of my time? Or what is it that you desire me to do today? And he said, talk about families. And he kind of left it at that. And so through that process, God brought me uh, to Joshua twenty four fifteen. It's a it's a familiar passage, and we're going to look there. So we're going to be in Joshua twenty four this morning. We'll probably pop a couple other places as the morning goes, but Joshua twenty four is where we're going to be. Um, but I've decided to do something that I don't typically do when I speak. Uh, I try to be open and, and kind of an open book of who I am. I don't hide things. I don't try to. Uh, do things, but I, I've decided to today to to kind of use my family uh, as an example, if that makes sense. Now, now I say that in fear and trembling because I, I'm probably going to share some things that aren't good, and I may get crucified today at lunch. <laughs> uh, but I also don't mean it. Uh, puff me up or puff my family up in any form or fashion. Uh, if you, I hear this all the time. I, I kind of have a different opinion from time to time. But every time my boys go someplace, someone tells me, I get back, I get back boy, you have good boys. Or they, you know, boy, they're really good boys you have. And, and I just want to go, you need to come stay at my house for a day. Just 24 hours. <laughs> you, you may have a different view of that in 24 hours at my house from time to time. Um, but I just, I just want to share some of the things that we've done and, and our thought process and our goals as we look at this passage. So I, I kind of put a disclaimer out there. And I realized tomorrow one of them could make a choice and totally reject and go a different direction with their faith. And I don't take that lightly. And I, and I try to protect that. So I don't, I don't say that I've got it all figured out or it's, it's handled and they're good. No, it's a daily process that we're going to keep working on. So I say that as kind of disclaimer before we get started, if that makes sense. So I've titled this message as, Who Will You, Who Will you Worship? By the way, as I said, I've made this very personal. Every picture I use today is a picture I've taken either on my smartphone or my iPad at some point in time of my family. Uh, and again, I do that just because this message is very personal to me and what I want to do in my own family and what my goal and hopes will be as a father in my family, as a husband in my family. So that picture was taken just a couple of weeks ago at Winter Jam. Uh, love the fact they did the lasers with the cross there as they sang Arise My Love, new song did. But anyways, who will you worship? Who will you worship? A couple of years ago, I was at a, uh, a pastor, or a year ago, a little over a year ago, I was at a pastor's conference. Paul David Tripp, I was at a pastor's conference, and it was uh, down at a Colonial Baptist Church. Uh, I can't remember the name of the seminary there. And I spent a lot of time sitting there through a lot of those messages going, wow, they're not being very um, practical in their message. <laughs> they're being very deep theological in their message. And that's good, but sometimes I'm like, oh, can I stay awake? And I'm just being honest <laughs> about it. 
But Paul David Tripp spoke, and so through that, I started following him on Twitter and some other places because he was very practical in what he was saying. And uh, here's a quote that I literally came across this week. It said, you are parenting a worshiper. So it's important to remember that what rules, you, what rules your child's heart will control his behavior. It's important for us to realize, and, and, and today's message is really primarily going to be geared towards dads, to fathers. Now, I think there's an application in some other ways, and we're going to make it here in a little while. So if you're not a dad, don't turn me off right now. Okay, he said it's for dads. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me. I, I think it does. But, but the purpose of this, this statement, and, and he had a little video with it, is that we are all worshipers. Every one of us is worshipers. And we're going to worship what rules our heart. And we're always worshiping something. It's not just Sunday that we worship. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And in all things that we do, we're showing what we worship in some form or fashion. And what we're going to worship is what rules our heart. And it's important that we individually and that we as parents help control what rules the heart and guide through that process. And that's the thrust of what we're going to talk about a little bit this morning. What rules the heart? In Joshua chapter 24, in the first 13 verses, and and I'm not going to read them because I'll probably butcher some names as I go through that. But what he's doing here is he's giving a brief history of of, 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 of Israel, okay? And what they've done and how God has led Abraham to leave and protected him. And God led him out of Egypt and protected them. And, he, and what he's doing is just reminding the nation of what has happened in the past. And then in verse 14, well, yeah, verse, yeah, verse 14, he says, therefore, and I've always, when I was in Bible college, I said, anytime the word therefore is there, you need to see, by the way, I'm, I'm reading out of the Holman about, about 10 years, five years ago, uh, I got a hold of a Holman Christian study Bible or Holman Bible and, uh, and I have since used it on a regular basis. And so that's what I'm reading out of as we do this. So you, if you say something different than mine, you'll understand what version I'm using. It says, therefore, fear the Lord and worship him in sincerity and truth. Get rid of the gods your fathers worshiped beyond the Euphrates rivers and in Egypt and worship Yahweh. He's telling them in verse 14... Get rid of those false idols. Get rid of those false gods. That's not, you guys are going back to what we went from, what we came from. We've just talked about how God's taken care of us and provided for us. Now get rid of those false gods that we want to take with us. Now, now I don't think any of us are really carrying around little idols with us, in all honesty. But the truth of the matter is, we're probably all guilty of having those false gods with us. I'm guilty of having those false gods with me from time to time. And I, and, and I just quickly in my mind jotted down a few. In fact, I even looked at Deborah 
uh, the other day and said, okay, what are some false gods we worship in today's society? I don't want it just to just be my thoughts. Maybe someone else has something I didn't think about. One of the first things that came to my mind was possessions. And, and that takes a whole lot of things. And we're all guilty of, uh, you know, I'll just, just, I like technology. When the new iPhone comes out, I want the newest. Okay, <laughs> you get my heart. I, I want the newest. It's, it's who I am. And if I'm not careful, I'll end up worshiping the possession of a cell phone. Okay, yeah, I've got the 7 Plus and I like it and I've got more data on it than I'll ever use because I think I need it. And, you know, but if I'm not careful, and I'm sounding like I am there already, <laughs> it can be a God. Possessions. Family. We don't think about that. But we'll sacrifice worshiping God to family. We'll put family before our relationship with Christ. Now, I'm being very personal today, and I'm talking a lot about my beautiful bride and two rotten kids. I mean, uh, two great kids (laughs) as we talk a little bit today. And I'll fight with you about them any day of the week if you go to mess with them. But they're not coming in place in my relationship with God. They're number two on my list. Third is my ministry here at the school. But I'm making sure that that's the case. But we're not careful. We end up putting family above. See, I'm stepping on my own toes as I say some of these things. Social media whether it's Twitter or Snapchat or Facebook or, you know, if we're not careful, you know, some people seem to make posts every hour, every 30 minutes on Facebook. And there's nothing wrong with Facebook. I love Facebook. I use Facebook a lot. In fact, my wife says I'm on it too much. It's one way that I have stayed connected because we have moved all over the country. We've lived in Pennsylvania. We've lived in North Carolina. I've lived in North Carolina. We've lived in Tennessee. We've lived in Virginia. And as we've moved, I've been able to stay connected with a lot of people because of Facebook. And I appreciate that. But if we're not careful, we can let that rule our hearts. Uh, I need to move on. Uh, We could talk about money. We could talk about sports. And that's another discussion that I won't get into right at this moment. Speaking of that, I meant to say this. Before we got started, we talk about great things happening at Greater Beckley all the time. I'm going to change hats for just a second to administrator at Greater Beckley for just a second. And, and, and I don't deny that we are driven with sports a lot around Greater Beckley. And, and I think it's great, some of the sports that we do. But yesterday, we had two kids performing a speech competition with the VFW. Please, Miss Harvey, I saw you walk in here. Where are you? Okay, help me make sure I get this right. But we had two kids that performed against other schools in the area. Uh, in a competition with the VFW, and uh, Colin Dingus got first place, and Josh Wilson got third place. Both will move on to sectionals? Just Colin will move on to sectionals. And isn't there scholarship money attached to this, possibly, down the road? So we've got, it's not just the sports that happen around the campus. There's other great things happening, and and so I just wanted to give a quick, I'll put it on Facebook, but I'm going to give a plug there, right there. Okay, okay, I'll move on. 
And then we come to Joshua 24, 15. But if it doesn't please you to worship Yahweh, choose for yourselves today the one you will worship, the gods your fathers worshiped beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. As for me and my family, we will worship Yahweh. I've heard this verse thousands of times, and it says, for me and my house, we will serve God. And so when I read worship in, Yah- in, in the Holman, it led me break open a book that I haven't broke open in a long time. I opened my Strong's Concordance because I was just curious. Does the word mean both? Can it mean both? Is it fitting for both? And as I looked up the word, the, the Hebrew word there, and don't ask me what that Hebrew word is because I never took Hebrew. I changed majors because Greek was kicking me and killing me in college. And so I just got, got changed majors because I couldn't handle the Greek anymore. So much less am I going to study Hebrew. But according to Strong's, and, and, and I'm assuming they're right, that word can mean, it can connote both serve and worship. So worship is a very applicable word to use here. So we will worship Yahweh. So my question is, why? Well, he's told us in the first few verses, he's been faithful. He's always taken care of him in the past. He'll take care of him in the future. But then a second thought, as I thought about leading my family, my mind went to Ephesians chapter 6. So my, fav- my favorite verse in the Bible has always been Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents. That's always my favorite verse. In the- when, when the boys were younger, they, they, we did the, uh, the school we were in did the Abeka book curriculum and memorized the uh, verses for each letter of the alphabet. And every time they misbehaved, I said, what's your C word verse? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So... But verse 4 says, Fathers, do not store up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Bring them up. It's commanded. Not only in Joshua 24, verse 15, but in the New Testament, it's commanded. Fathers, lead your house and bring them up in the Lord. We had a day of in-service on Monday, and uh, we were watching a video, or they were watching, the teachers were watching a video called Sticky Faith, I think is the correct title of that. And, uh, and I stepped out during the video. I came back, and as I came back, there was this quote on here. It's, uh, I think the Christian Smith was the guy's name. It says, when it comes to kids' faith, parents get what they are. When it comes to kids' faith, parents get what they are. And the key of that phrase is basically, you're raising little ones of you. I remember growing up and I would say, I am never going to do that like my dad. I am not going to do that like my dad. And as I look in a mirror today, not literally... But as I look in the mirror today, I am more and more like my dad than I've ever been. (laughs) It's because you get what you are. They watch you. 
They care more about what you do than what you see. So I thought, how do we do this? And, and I want to come over some things very quickly about how we do this. My first one is I put faithfulness. I put faithfulness. In our house, Sunday isn't an option. We don't talk about are we going to church or not. And it's not just because I'm a pastor at the church that we come to church. Because there was five years that I wasn't a pastor at a church. But we were always at church. We're faithful. We have multiple opportunities to get together here. And be involved in some activities. One is right now. And I guess I'm preaching to the choir right now. Okay. But Sunday morning worship service. There's an hour that happens before this called faith training. That I believe is important to help you in your Christian walk. And I'll I'll just be blunt for a second. Most of you never come. And I'm not not trying to be rude there. Because I'm, we're there, but I don't see many of you there. I mean, we only have two classes of adult classes at this point. But part of training your kids is being there and getting them there. Faith training. We have life groups on Sunday night. I'm going to make a, a shameless plug here. We're starting a new series this week in my life group. And would love to have some more people come out to my life group on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock at our house on Sand Branch Road, 499 North Sand Branch Road. That's not so you can egg it. Teenagers, okay? (laughs) Or TP it, even though there's not really trees. That's all been happening to me as a school administrator before. Okay, we've lived through all that before. (laughs) The worst was when we left the van door open in the van and someone decided to egg the van. (laughs) Yeah, that was one of the worst nights, worst mornings. But anyways, we, we want... We'd like to have you come out. Uh, I think we're going to start Crazy Love by Francis Chan uh, and do that series. But uh, I'd love to have you come out. If not, Pastor Chris has one here. There's, uh, there's a four-year group that meets in here. Pastor Matthew at his house. Pastor Scott has the young adults at his house. The Johnsons have a group at their house. I think I hit them all. Did I not? Thompson's? Carlson. Okay, I'm sorry, I missed one. I want to make sure I get them all. We want you involved. We want you to get involved, and it's important that you do that. So faithfulness. And then Wednesday night, and this is one that gets kind of, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say it because it'll get me in trouble, but that's okay. We have JAG, and we have youth group, and we have Bible studies here on Wednesday night. You're not leading well when you drop off and go down to Starbucks to have coffee while your kids are at JAG. faithfulness. Now, I'm not one of these. I'm not legalistic, okay? You may, I may sound that way right now, but I'm not. I get there are times in which you can't be here, and there's things that happen that avoid you from being able to make it, and there's times that I don't always make it here, okay? But are you faithful? But are you faithful? Faithfulness. Secondly is devotions. Uh, and this is one that is just, just being quite blunt and honest. Uh, 
Personally, I do a pretty good job of it. I probably don't do a pretty good job of it when it comes to leading the family and having family devotions. Part of it's our schedule and I can make excuses, okay? I'm the master of excuses when I'm not matching up. (laughs) But family devotions should be on a regular. Now, again, I'm not one to say that needs to be every day because I get schedules and things that go on. But is there a time that you do it? Family devotions. Music. Okay, I, I, as for me and my family, we have, we have decided that the only music we're going to listen to is Christian music. Now, I like it all. We can give me a little bit of Lecrae and a little bit of Andy Minio. And some of you have no idea who I'm talking about, and that's okay. Okay? I can even live with a little Southern gospel. I've got some of that on my phone. You see, there's nothing wrong with that. I like the hymns. I can even live with, and because of spending a couple of years at Bob Jones for two years before, anyways, I spent two years at Bob Jones. I can even live with a, a little opera sound to the music and kind of enjoy it. Okay? I, I just, I, 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 wide range for me. Okay? There's some I like better than others, obviously. I don't believe music in and of itself is moral. I think music is our moral. I think what makes it moral is the lyrics we attach to it. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're wrong to listen to country music or to rock music or pop I'm not going to say that's the case. But I just ask you, what are the words saying when you listen to that music? The only music that Charlie and Alex have on their phones is Christian music. And the reason I know that is through Apple, we can control that. Now, does, now, can I guarantee that Charlie and Alex never listen to anything else? No, I can't completely guarantee that. But often I check their phones to see what they're listening to on Spotify. And it's always Christian music. I believe it makes a difference. What are you listening to? What are you allowing your kids to listen to? Here's one that's going to get me in all kinds of trouble. I I seem to stay there. But if I don't say what I'm going to say here, everybody wonder why I have the job I have. Okay? There are three basic ways we can school children. Okay? We can homeschool children. And to be quite blunt about it, and this could get me in trouble, but that's really the most biblical way of teaching it because the responsibility of the education of your children belongs to you. It does not belong to Faith Baptist Church and it does not belong to the government. And the success of the education of your children is dependent on you, not the government or not Greater Beckley Christian School if that's where you go. It's your responsibility. And I want to put that responsibility right where it belongs. Obviously, I'm going to take a stand that everyone should be in Christian school. And if I didn't take that kind of a stand, you probably have hired the wrong person to be the administrator at Greater Beckley Christian School. (laughs) Okay? So let's just be honest about it. 
I struggle in a real personal way and to some degree lived it with making some choices. When we were in Pennsylvania, we decided it was time for us to move on. And I resigned in in November thinking I'd have no trouble finding a job, giving me that amount of time frame. Well, June 30th, I'm packing a U-Haul, moving to my dad's house without a job. And so the real question became, what are we going to do about the kids and how are we going to take care of the kids if this lasts for any length of time? And I told Deborah, I says, if I have to go work at Walmart at night so that I can be home during the day to homeschool the kids, I would do that because the philosophical bent from the public schools goes contrary to what I'm trying to teach them at home. Now, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for people like Leanne Chesley, who works in the public schools. Yes, she knows I was going to use her beforehand, okay? I don't like using people as examples until I get permission ahead of time. We need Christian teachers that are there working, that are being a light in dark places. So I don't want you to hear that I'm totally against that and catch that in my, my thought process. She is one that's praying for her kids, I have no doubt about that, and reaches out to them in ways that's not typical of every teacher, Okay. And from my understanding, that's probably true of a lot of teachers in the public school system, especially the elementary school systems in the area near us. But Leanne Chesley does not really control the philosophical bend of what's being taught in her classroom. It's being sent from Washington, D.C., to be honest with you. I am thankful that my kids get the training they get at a school like Greater Beckley, because they have men and teachers pour into their lives. I'm thankful. Charlie plays basketball, and I'm thankful for someone like Brian Helton and Scott Lawson who pour into my kids in a different way. And as one who keeps the book for the varsity... You'd understand the difference between what I see from public school coaches than what we're getting from Brian Helton and Scott Lawson in in that situation. And I'm thankful for the impact that they make. So I hear my heart here. Again, I say this again. If I didn't say that, you probably should fire me, okay? (laughs) But really, it's a philosophical problem. And I just challenge you to think philosophically. And I know there, there are some circumstances that we're not a good fit. I get that. But I just really challenge you to think through that. The other one is, as I, I hear, is, is I can't afford it. And I understand that. And we work all we can to keep tuition low. But if that's your answer, you need to come talk to me. Okay. If that's the reason you're not choosing a Christian school for your child, come talk to me. Ms. Johnson's kind of cringing because she knows what that means when I make those statements. (laughs) But come talk to me. So, the last one I want to mention is is they they are who they see you are, is serving. Are you serving Christ? Are you serving on a regular basis? I'm thankful my boys... Do serve. Right now, 
Right now, Alex is downstairs, and if you know Alex at all, he does a great job with two- and three-year-olds and four- and five-year-olds. He loves kids, and and see James in particular run up to him and go to give him a hug when he sees him and runs to him. Uh, But he's downstairs surfing in the nursery because that's a fit for who he is. I wouldn't put Charlie there because that's not a good fit for who Charlie is, and that's nothing negative to Charlie. It's just not who he is. But there's ways we can serve. And are you serving? And are my serving? Are they seeing you serve? When I was thinking about this message, no, we won't do that because of time. I'll mention it. When I was thinking about this message and putting the final touches to it, I love videos and movies and those type things, and I thought of the movie Courageous. Do you remember, everybody seen Courageous before? And in the movie Courageous, at the end of that movie, he stands up and makes a challenge to take a stand. And fathers take a stand. And as revive, we're not going to watch that because of time, Pastor Matthew, just so you know, we're not going to do that. But as revive comes up. I want to challenge us in a couple of ways as we end. To lead your family well, to say, as for me and my family, we will worship Yahweh, it starts first with you. Whether you're a dad or you're a mom or you're a student, it starts with you. And it starts with a decision about Jesus Christ. And one of my statements that I'll make all the time is faith alone and Christ alone because I'm so tired of people wanting to put works to salvation. And I, do, I deal with it all the time. When I ask kids all the time, what's the basis of your salvation? And they will say, uh, I go to church. I read my Bible. Yesterday, because I knew I was coming to talk to you today about it. Uh, now, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really say that, but I can tell you that's kind of what's probably happened in the conversation. Salvation is an individual choice. And it's putting your faith alone in Christ alone and what he did on the cross. So I just ask you the question as we start today. Is that a reality in your life? Or could you be like me as a student who grew up going to church, uh, probably prayed that prayer about 10 times, because I wanted to make sure it stuck, you know, and we're scared about it. And it wasn't until my senior year in high school that I realized that I didn't have true faith in Christ. I was basing it on everything but that. Probably would have based it on the fact that I served in the church. I was there every time the doors were open. I did what my dad said most of the time. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I would have based it on all of that as opposed to truly putting my faith alone in Christ alone. So my first question is, is that a reality in your life? Have you done that? And then my second question is, have you truly made a decision to worship Yahweh? Individually? And then as a family? So, as we stand and sing a song of invitation, 
I ask you those two questions. And if you would say to me, Pastor Charles, you know, you brought up some good points and, and man, I really, I have some questions about my salvation. I'm not sure about that. We have a couple of people that are standing at the back of the auditorium that would love to take some time and show you in God's word how you can know for sure and get that settled today about what, what it takes for salvation. And then I believe there's some of us, and you know, that's how I use that word, because I've tried to make it very personal to myself. There's some of us that probably either need to make the commitment that we're going to lead my house well and make sure that worshiping Yahweh is first and foremost in my house or maybe remake the commitment. And if that's you, I challenge you today. We don't, I don't know that we've done this much since I've been here. I even challenge you today to, as they sing the song of invitation to come to the altar maybe with your spouse, maybe with your family and just have a word of prayer of dedication of that. So as we sing.